First, there was the High Return Real Estate Show, now upgraded to the Higher Return Real Estate Show. Deeper insights, greater value. It's time to build your empire. All right. Today's all about self-storage, which is my favorite investment for multiple reasons, which we're going to dive into today. I know there's a lot of you that are asking me about how to get in on these type of deals or how to do self-storage because you've heard me pitch it, so to speak. And you know that when I say it's my favorite, that I don't take that lightly. I do want to tell you up front that this type of deal is only available for accredited investors, which means you do need to earn at least 200000 as a single tax filer or 300000 together with your partner filing jointly, or you need to have a million dollar net worth outside your home. And as of right now, the minimum investment is at least in increments of 50000 and could be even 100000 depending on the deal. So you can skip to the next podcast if this doesn't interest you. However, if you know me, you know my belief is that you'll be at this level of earning power in the near future if you continue to invest into yourselves, increase your skills and your mindset, and you'll want to know about investments like this, be educated on how they work. So when you hit the accredited level, you're ready to go, you're confident in what you're getting into, and you aren't scared to pull the trigger. My personal opinion is that if you're accredited or when you're accredited, this is absolutely the first deal that you should be putting on your radar or putting the funds together, getting ready to go to uh, to get involved. I have close to half a million dollars in this investment, and I personally feel that it's my safest overall investment that I own. I sleep very well at night knowing I'm in a deal like this. But again, feel free to skip ahead to the next podcast if this just isn't your time and it just simply doesn't resonate with you right now. I do want to take this from the mailbag, so to speak. Uh, this is from Mary-Kate Wyatt. Really appreciate this message that she sent. Wanted to just read this off to you guys. She said, I wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for being such an inspiration to my husband who handles our account at the local catering company. That's their Instagram handle. He's been following you for a few short months, but you've completely changed his thinking strategy and perspective and has motivated him to strive to always be better as a person and become more financially responsible while building new and multiple revenue streams. We have two little boys and we own a couple of businesses together and we feel a great connection with you and everything you stand for. Congrats on all your success and we look forward to seeing you grow even more. Thank you sincerely from a wife seeing a true change in my already amazing husband. Ha, wow, that's amazing. I just want to wanted to say thank you so much for sending that. Anytime I get messages like this, just completely uh incredible to me. You know, obviously when you're speaking into a microphone at home by yourself, well, I mean, I got my puppy, right? But beyond that, it's a very lonely process of being a content creator. And so to get those type of messages, guys, um, it just is awesome. So thank you so much for that. And I uh, know there's a, a few other, there's several others of, of you that have sent in messages like that. And I just really want to um, say thank you. I appreciate you. And I'm just going to continue to keep pouring in as to you as giving you everything I got. So here's another example of pouring into you. So I had a, originally had this audio recorded. I had a special guest speaker on to talk about self-storage. And uh, we had to nix that. They're lawyers. God, I mean, lawyers just ruin 
everything fun. God. Oh my God. Oh, don't get me started. I'm sorry if you're a lawyer and you're listening to this, but you are a buzzkill pretty much. That's what you do for a living is you just, you kill the fun, fun sponge. But anyways, they, uh, they had to nix the, uh, the, I had to nix the episode that he was on for various reasons. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> I don't need to really get into it, but, uh, I'm going to be able to still give you guys a lot of the content that, um, we covered and kind of the ins and outs of this particular business. So I'm going to do my best to let it rip. Here we go. So self-storage, you know, why do I love it? Here's an example. My business coaches, Jan and Monica uh, Zans, I'm going to have them on an episode here very soon. They paid $250 a month for 15 straight years on their storage locker before they cleared it out and ended their lease. I just saw them post a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. And this example is why it's my favorite investment. You've got people, smart people, very smart people, who are willing to pay for 15 straight years without missing a beat. And you don't have any headache whatsoever from your tenants. There are no tenants, toilets, or trash to deal with because people aren't living in your units. Their stuff is, and you don't have the maintenance and repair type uh, situations that come up with rental property. So when people think about it, you know, you think of the word self-storage, it sounds kind of boring, right? I mean, it's very boring. But that's what makes it very passive in nature, where you literally put your money in and you do absolutely nothing. You just wait very patiently. Okay. There are real estate, not all real estate is passive. Some of it, you know, you're very involved actively, like active and very actively would be fixing and flipping a house, right? That's an active investment. You're very involved in that. And even if you have a crew that you've hired, you know, you still have a lot of decisions and a lot of things that you need to be involved in to kind of carry that investment all the way through to sale and profit. And then rental property, I kind of put a little bit in the middle, though it tends to be more uh, passive than it is active. However, rental property, even with a good management team in place, you know, you still have tenants, toilets, trash decisions to make, tenants moving in, tenants moving out, and maintenance and repair decisions. Whereas self-storage, I put on the extreme end of the passive nature because essentially people rent out a 10 by 10 locker to store their stuff for $150, 150 bucks on average. And when someone doesn't pay your rent, well, all of a sudden their key doesn't work to get into their locker so they can't access their stuff. If somebody's late, they get a late fee and they're immediately locked out so they can't access their stuff and they can't access the gates. So that's uh, essentially what happens in the, in the self-storage realm. So that process will go on essentially for 60 days. And after 60 days, the self-storage company has a legal right not to own their stuff, but they can auction it off. So then a bunch of people bid on it. Somebody else comes in, clears that stuff out. That money helps pay you know, for their uh, arrears that they owe. And then they sweep the locker because somebody else has now just cleared it out for us. They sweep the locker, it's back online, and it becomes a very easy turning process. That's very different than a typical tenant turn in a residential property. It's like clockwork. There's numbers, percentages. It's all about the data and systems and you can control it. Look, look, bottom line, people store shit. They store 200 to $500 of their shit and they pay $150 a month to store it for 15 average months. So that's the reality of self-storage. 
you know? So in all fairness, people enter into self-storage because of typically of life-changing events. It's not usually because they have too much stuff that they bought and they really need to store it. That's not what causes storage. People move, they get transferred, they die, they upsize their home, they downsize for whatever reason that uh, people have a dramatic life-changing event that pushes, pushes their stuff into storage. And they believe you know, that it's going to be there for one, two, three months. But come on, let's think about this. I mean, if I put something into storage and I finally cleared out my garage, the last thing I want to do on any given Saturday is take all that stuff and bring it back to my garage. I've got a big headache if I have to deal with that. The last thing I want to do is, is that, right? It's way easier for me to pay a hundred bucks 150 bucks, push that problem off to the next, you know, one to three months. That's how it goes until you finally absolutely are forced to deal with it. And that's the business. Some people are going to keep self-storage for seven years and some people are going to keep it for one or two months. And so that's where you average in that 15 month uh, mark approximately. The headspace is if we can build up and stabilize the facilities and fix the problems you know, somebody else's problems that they have incurred with owning the self-storage facility. And then what happens is they get wrapped up together with a number of other facilities sold out to a large fund, like a state pension fund. But we can also hold these forever because the cash flow is so strong. But if they, if they do get sold out somewhere in that earlier timeframe, which is typically and historically has been every like two or three years, you get a very nice size exit. And that creates some fantastic returns somewhere in that 20, 25% as high as 40% annualized returns. Hey, thanks for supporting our show. If you want to find great rental properties that are not available to the general public, subscribe to our insiders club email list. Just head on over to highreturnrealestate.com and wait for the pop-up. So think about this, guys. If you have, what's an annualized return? So, okay, so if I have $100,000, I get a 20% annualized return and it takes five years. That means in five years, okay, I'm going to double my money because every year off 100,000, it's generating $20,000 in net profits. The company that I work with, StoreSpace, their lowest performing deal returned 10% over 10 months. And that's their lowest one if they go back over uh, across 120 deals that they've done. The lowest one kicked out 10 points or 10% annually. You know, I can definitely live with those numbers. In real estate, the money is really made on the buy. You know, your your goal is buy low, sell high. That was what my one of my original mentors in real estate told me. He's like, here's the key to real estate, Jack. Buy low, sell high. Like, okay. Got it. So the store space team scours a hundred deals to come down and actually close on one of them. They're big enough that they can play with the big boys and buy big deals, but they're small enough that it doesn't take them three months to buy a deal. They can fly down, analyze it, make their mind up, make an offer in one day and get in front of the market before the property gets in front of other people. And so that gives a significant advantage over the market right there on the buy. And then usually 
They have to look at that deal and be like, hey, I see what you're seeing, but I'm looking at it differently. So the money is made on the buy, but the money is also made by increasing the net operating income or what's net operating income. It's simply the net profits of the facility. So when they increase the net income, then they're able to make those the value or the sale price of those facilities go even higher than what they purchased. So real estate trades at an NOI, that's the net operating income. It's referred to in real estate as called the cap rate. So think about this. Okay, cap rate. I think I've talked about this before. So so say you have a $100,000 property and after all said and done, your net operating profit after all expenses is $10,000. So that would have a 10 cap. That's a 10 cap. Okay. That's kind of what real estate trades at basically is how much the buyer is going to expect on their return on investment. So if I accept a 5% return on my money, it's the same way of saying, I'll pay you a five cap. It's a, I'm accepting a 5% return, assuming there's no financing involved. That's just a straight cash purchase. Usually, you know, active businesses look at it from the perspective of how much I got, you know, from a small business that's making a hundred thousand bucks a year, you know, you would look at that if say a business is generating a hundred thousand and it was, you know, trading at a 10 cap, then you, that business, okay. Would be sold for a million dollars. So essentially what they're trying to do is they're buying facilities at say a five cap, and then they try to sell it at a lower cap rate to another fund. So they're in this position to where they can sell these out to these large scale funds for lower cap rates than what they bought them for. I want to explain to you guys here is essentially you're going to have investors that are going to buy in from this for multiple millions. You're going to have some that come in with a hundred thousand and everybody's pooling their money together. And that's how the money is all raised to go out and buy these large facilities. It's not one person that's coming up, you know, multiple millions of dollars. So your partners with us in this deal as a limited partner. So limited partner means if everything went to, to hell in a handbasket, everything collapsed, they can't go after the limited partners for anything more than they invested. So that's means you're limited in terms of your liability. So recently there was a storage fund that closed out and it hit about a 24% annualized range of profit. So depending on when you know you invested into the deal, if you got in on the very, very early stage, then you got the 24%. Maybe if you came in a little later, you got 21%. And they have some in, that are exiting sometime in the next coming few months that will probably be in the mid 20s in annualized returns as well. So again, if you got 100,000 in and you have a 24% annualized return, that means off the 100,000 that you put in, you're gonna make 24,000 per year. So essentially in four years, you've doubled your $100,000 investment. Hey, thanks for being a listener. To find great rental properties and become a more savvy investor, head on over to highreturnrealestate.com. So what kind of deals do store space, what do they buy? So they have done some deals where, you know, they pick up an old Kmart building, you know, hundred thousand square feet, convert it into two storage, put, you know, the self-storage lockers in 
And, you know, then other times they get facilities that aren't run very well, that already are performing, but just aren't run well. They tend to prefer buying what he said, a broken bus and fixing the wheels on the broken bus while it's running. That way, all the investors are making money on day one, even if it's not, you know, fully optimized. Let's say they're only getting 50% of their total rent that they could make, but then they know that they can optimize it and keep making more. So on day one, you're making income as opposed on a, you know, abandoned Kmart building when you're waiting for permits and plans to start construction. So my thought is, you know, what's it like right now buying deals, right? That's all, that's my question. Like, what's the market like? I know the market is pretty tough and it is really tough to find good deals. All right. So how often do these funds typically open up? So usually historically it's opened up twice a year. And before the fund even opens for us as investors, they've already started buying deals into that fund. So they've already started using their own money to start buying deals. And so then they typically put around six to 15 facilities into that one fund, raise the capital from us, the investors, close it off and let that fund do its thing. So we've got a lot of upsides with this, you guys. I mean, it's a very simple model. It's scalable. It's incredible. You know the typical returns over the last, you know, 120 deals, facilities that they bought. They've been very strong in the mid 20% annualized range. Uh, Warren Buffett, you know, one of the most incredible investors on the planet, has averaged 19% annualized returns over his career. So to get these kind of returns is with a collateralized, you know, real tangible asset is amazing. You know, what does collateralized mean? Well, that just means what you're investing in has real tangible asset behind it. It's got real property that's essentially backing up your investment. So one of the things that, you know, about this particular investment that I've been thinking all along that I found out on the interview with StoreSpace is that the downsides that I couldn't leverage this asset, right? So let me give you an example. So let's say I buy a single family home. You know, I put my 20, 25% down, whatever I'm comfortable with, you know, I get the rest in bank debt. That anytime I use bank debt, that's always going to increase my return on investment. Anytime you lose le use leverage, that increases your return on investment. And what I was thinking with this investment in self-storage is that you put your money into the syndication, say, you know, 100 grand, 50 grand, 200 grand, 500 grand, whatever, that you're not able to accelerate that return because as I'm the investor coming into the deal, I'm not able to pull out that debt. However, all of these deals are utilizing bank debt. They're utilizing leverage. It's just, we're not the ones that are pulling out that debt ourselves. So as an example, let's say we as investors come in with, you know, 40% equity. So let's say, for example, you're buying, you know, we're buying into a million dollar building. So the investors, we contribute 400,000 and the bank loans 600,000 to buy the million dollar building. So that gives us a fairly big cushion. If this Miller million dollar building went down in value to say 700,000, where, you know, we still have equity in the building, but historically over the last decade, you know, they've driven it from a million to 1.4 million in value to 1.7 million in value. 
So now what that means, this is the beauty of leverage, you guys, you got to get this concept. That means our 400 grand now just doubled or tripled because now it went from, you know, it went to 1.7 million, for example, and we have 400K in. So that means the 400,000 is worth 1.1 million because we still have the same $600,000 banknote. So we've driven $400,000 to 1.1 million by taking the building from a value of 1 million to 1.7 million. That's incredible. So that's what makes this so exciting is that, you know, you're getting into a solid asset that people will absolutely rent from these. They'll rent these lockers in any economy, good, bad, terrible. It's so it's pretty recession resistant. You've got the ability to not have tenants, toilets, and trash. You have an incredible management team that's backing up and and running the whole show. So you don't have to worry about anything. So it's extremely passive. You're able to leverage the asset through the bank debt that the store space, you know, conglomerate pulls, pulls into the, the whole, all the deals. And then on top of that, you know, you've got an exit strategy where you create cash flow that comes in while you're waiting for the fund to sell to a much bigger fund. So you know, these funds will eventually sell out to like a big, large pension fund, you know, a big institutional type buyer that where they have multiple, multiple hundreds of millions to buy these out. So to wrap this up, if you're interested in this type of deal, reach out to me. If you're accredited, then you can do this. If you're not, you know, you can put this on your goals list and focus on increasing your earning so that you can get on, on incredible deals like this that don't have the wild fluctuations of the stock market or crypto, but still have really high and consistent returns. So always here to bring you guys incredible opportunities to grow your net worth. This is why self-storage is my favorite investment. Here we go. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for your support. If this episode was valuable to you, then show us some love. Subscribe and take one minute of your time to leave us a review. This is how we get the word out to help more investors. And best of all, It's good for your karma.